This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature-regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not, like, getting too hot or too cold or whatever. You know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind, miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But More than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful, and it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION at the checkout, and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today. You'll get 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION. Go to trymiracle.com slash FAKETHENATION. And Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fakethenation and use the code fakethenation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fakethenation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 296. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we tape on March 16th, the day between the Ides of March and St. Patrick's Day. It doesn't get much love this day, but it is the creamy center of the cookie sandwich. You know, not exciting as the cookie exteriors, but it does hold it all together. Uh, and oh my God, I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I'm going to keep talking about dates and holidays because... Persian New Year cometh. We are just a few days away. It's on March 20th. Sina is on the show today, which I will reintroduce when the time is appropriate. And he is dancing a Persian dance on the Zoom call right now. Um, because Noruz, as as you've heard me say every year on this podcast, is a celebration of spring. It's really secular and it's really lovely to take a moment to recognize spring and all the possibilities that it brings and to reconnect with family and friends and to eat some food and to just like be joyous about spring. So like I, as uh, your favorite, Favorite, I'm going to just say Iranian podcaster, second only to the other Iranian that is on this show today, will, would like to invite you to celebrate Persian New Year this year, as I do every year. Uh, all right, so today we're going to talk about a grab bag of news items from this week, including daylight savings. 
there was a stunner in the news this week about daylight saving. You have no idea. We'll also talk about the danger of pickup trucks and the very critical concept of doppelbanging. I am so excited by today's very special panel. Um, joining us for the first time, but folks, I have done, wait, wait, don't tell me, not once, but twice with this gentleman. His very first two times, right? We're both with me. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I have, I have, I basically, you now think, wait, wait, don't tell me, is just a thing that happens with me adjacent somehow. Um, it is not, but <laughs> in your experience. He's also the a correspondent for Vice, because he's so fancy. He's also got a podcast called Cheat, um, which you should be immediately subscribing to and he's just so damn fun it is the one and only alzo slade hey alzo how's it going hey 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 what's happening and and just so you guys know yeah. uh i think the persians got it right with this new year situation because i always thought that even as a kid that new year should be in spring that's when everything uh, comes alive like Yes. The Western culture, like the New Year when everything is dead, that shit is I whack. mean, it doesn't make any sense, guys. New Year no should sense. be the thing when everything comes alive. Absolutely. And joining me as his birthright to celebrate this holiday, but it's one of those holidays that we could all celebrate. You don't need a birthright. Um, is the host of the Fraudsters podcast. He's also filling in for Karen Hunter on Sirius XM. Um, and he is uh just he's been on this podcast 5,000 times because he's so wonderful. It is the one and only Sina Ghaznavi. Hey, Sina. Hey, Nagin. Eda Shoma Mubarak. Oh, Eda Shoma Mubarak. Folks, and now you say it. And now you say it to all of your friends. Just say Eda Shoma Mubarak. I was just listening and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm going to let y'all have that one. <laughs> uh, well, before we uh, jump into the show, I just want to remind people that I will be in Chicago at the Lincoln Lodge on April 15th and April 16th. Um, I will be at Joe's Pub in New York City on April 30th, May 21st, and May 22nd. I'll be in Irvine in California on May 4th, and I will be at Ralph's Rock Diner in Worcester, Massachusetts on May 6th. More dates are coming, folks. So, but these ones are critical uh, first round dates, and I hope you join. I will be doing my show an evening. Nagin Farsad presents an evening of comedy from her mouth hole. Um, it's uh, it's very exciting to be getting this hour out on the road and in front of your faces. And I really hope that you come and help me figure out if the hour is uh, in the correct order. Uh, so you're like literally helping me craft and reorder the material. That is already in a, in a shape. Don't worry, you'll have a good time. I'm not. I'm not. I don't mean to sound. I'm going to show up on stage with a bunch of post-it notes. Like I don't know what I'm fucking doing. No, it is a it is a show. Um, and then there'll be some minor tweaks. All right. Uh, People oh, should second. be. Oh, I'll just get. Something. Oh no! Say it. Say it. <laughs> People should be happy to participate in your artistic journey with you, McGee. They yes. should be honored. Especially if they're in Chicago, New York City, Irvine, or Worcester, Massachusetts. They should be specifically and especially honored. Okay, so let us get into it with topic number one. Uh, okay, so the Senate actually did something yesterday. They passed a bill to make daylight savings time 
permanent. Mind you, they did this with almost no warning, no debate, and they voted on it unanimously. Uh, It is the one fucking thing they could agree on. Turning clocks forward and back is annoying. That is the one thing they could agree on. Not voting rights or anything. Terribly useful. Uh, So, I don't know. Alzo, you already have a face about this. T- explain to me your face. Well, wait, they they voted to make it permanent? This yeah. is... So Arizona was just like, all right, you know, we were stubborn all these years. We just going to rock with it now? Because for Arizona, well, don't care about nothing. I mean, right. I, and the funny thing is, I don't understand how Arizona was able to do that because Congress, by law, controls time zones. But I guess... Maybe we just look the other way or something. I'm not sure how that worked works out. Arizona's like the youngest child. They only became a state in like the early part of the 1900s. So I think mm-hmm. they can just kind of do whatever they want like any other youngest child can do. And like yeah, no one kind of Yeah, they totally cares. have that vibe. Yeah. And, why was, and why is it – we're not all farmers anymore. So why yeah. are we still doing daylight savings time anyway? I was no, thinking but, about this. Yeah. Who who was winning when we were changing the time? It's not parents. I have a six month old here, and I was thinking the other day when they when this time change happened, I was like, I could potentially dedicate the rest of my life to making daylight savings time <laughs> permanent, and it would be okay. And people would be like, man, that guy is on the right track. He's on a mission that everyone can get behind. But lo and behold, the Senate actually did it for me. I didn't have to do anything. This uh, this fleeting idea was actually nothing. It it's it. The biggest shocker to me is that the Senate had did something. I think that was like the biggest shocker to me and that they did something unanimously. But also, I I was reading about this. Apparently, Benjamin Franklin is often credited as the first one to suggest changing clocks back to to take advantage of early morning sunlight. Um, when he realized he was like wasting his Parisian mornings by staying in bed. Folks, I mean, Benjamin Franklin had some thoughts I mean, about what he should be doing in Paris. Man I mean, of the that's, people. That's some, that's some pretty player shit right there. Right. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, and, completely. And, and you know he wasn't in bed alone either. So nah, he, nah. <laughs> now, Benny, Benny, Benny was about that action, boy. He was, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so Benjamin Franklin was fucking his way through Paris and really <laughs> lamenting that his morning hours were being wasted laying in bed. Uh, so here's my, because he, he doesn't want to, he don't want to do the like awkward morning conversation, you know, he just wanted to get it over with, you know, and like, and keep just it moving, keep it moving. So here's the thing, it would take effect in, in 2023. Um, it's been around since 1918. Uh, one of the arguments for it to keep it permanent is that it it it, uh, it would help youth sporting events and playground time after school. And I actually think as a as the mother of a toddler, and Cena, you're gonna get there. It is very useful when it's still light out after school and for like a certain period of time, so we can get more because all these fucking little kids need is to be run out this energy they got. It's real annoying, and. Uh, and when, when it's dark, it sucks. It just makes everything difficult. Um, so I don't know the, but there's also like arguments against it. Like when it's too light 
at night, it could be hard to fall asleep and it could lead to some kind of like sleep debt issues or whatever. Although there, there isn't actually like hard, terribly great science on, on either side. There's a 2017 study out of Denmark where scientists um, analyzed the psychiatric database of 185,000 people, and they found that the fall transition to standard time was associated with an 11% increase in depressive episodes, an effect that took 10 weeks to dissipate. But the, sw- the spring switch, by contrast, had no similar effect. So, I mean, that kind of rings true for me. Do you feel like that? Are you, would, are you into the idea of, of going into permanent daylight savings as opposed to standard time? We, we should keep this locked in as is. What arrogance do we have as humans, especially Americans, to control time? This well, daylight most... savings would be controlling time. Standard well, time is what we would be, you know. It's the going back and forth, I think. Everyone does not like going back and forth, right? So wait a minute. So wait a minute. So what, what they voted to... To do this, what we're having now, daylight forever. savings. But we've yeah, been doing forever. this. We've been doing this as long as I've been living. I think. No, no, yeah. we've been going back and forth since we've all been alive. Oh, so we're not going back and forth anymore. So the idea is no more we're going walking. back and forth. Everyone oh, yeah. hates it when it's dark at night in the winter. Oh, see, see, this whole conversation. We just had a conversation in which. I was on a complete different page than the two of you. Okay, so now you understand what's going on. Yes. So okay. I'm I'm with it. I'm for okay. it. <laughs> okay. Because like, I remember, not that I go to church anymore, but growing up in the fall, we'd always be late to church. Because back then, you didn't really have digital clock. We didn't have cell phones that changed automatically. Right, right. You know, this is your, your analog yeah. alarm clock yeah, sitting yeah, there. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you realize you go to church and it's like people are leaving. I mean, as a as a as a kid, it was great for me because I I didn't really want to be there in the first place. But if we're staying here, let's stay here. Right. Yeah, but I, <laughs> right. I think we need to just stop thinking about there was again. I go back to who was winning, who stood to benefit from us shifting time shifting, in some right. some sort of financial way. You said like there's parents and stuff like. I also think there's plenty of parents like me who are like the kids on a sleeping schedule. Yeah, we, it's we the, gotta that, keep this. Yeah, people talked in. about that as well. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. but I don't see some like. You know, Jeff Bezos isn't here like, mm, yeah, switch the times, switch the times. No, there's, I don't think, and no one, no capitalist was winning when we were switching times at any point in the in, in this uh, last, you know, decade. I just want to say one final thing on this, which is that I read a piece and they described the scene in the Senate. And this is one sentence that came out of that. I just have to read it for you guys. Yes, quote unquote, yes, exclaimed Senator Kirsten Sinema, Democrat of Arizona, who flashed a big smile and clenched both her fists in triumph as she presided over the chamber. So, hey, mysterious Kirsten Sinema, who apparently doesn't like or not like almost any of the Democratic platform. Like, it's unclear about everything. Has one really big, huge reaction to making daylight savings permanent. But it makes sense because, right, she's from Arizona. Yeah, she's from Arizona. She was like, I told y'all, y'all should have been doing this a long time ago. (laughs) First stop, daylight savings. Next Next stop. Voting rights. First stop, daylight savings. And then she's going to like, she's going to be, Arizona's going to say, you know what? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. No. no. He, oh, yeah. Let us not let Arizona lead the way on many things. Let's just that this is good enough. Okay. Okay. 
Here, let's move on to another um, item from the grab bag. So we read an article that talked about how uh, workers are um, spending an hour of their pay on gas prices, right? Because gas prices have gone up considerably. Uh, wait, Elzo, you're in New York or where are you? I'm in L.A. Gas you're prices, in L.A. Okay. Gas prices were already at dang near $5 before the price hike. Right. Okay, so the two of you are affected by this. I, I continue to like... Again, I'm not trying to be like a dick, like, oh, I live in New York City, so I don't care. But like, I truly, I don't no, literally it don't sounds even like see you're about to gas be, stations. No. <laughs> sounds like you're about to be. It's like, I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you. Like, I'm not. <laughs> no, it's just, I, but I know you are both, uh, you both probably have cars that are affected by this news. So this article talks about how workers are using one hour of pay on the increase in gas prices what did you what are, what are your thoughts on this yeah i mean i'm i am affected by this but beneficially because i have an electric car and so oh I, that's right <laughs> yeah okay we're driving by these gas stations like sweet jesus we really dodged a bullet but i mean it's crazy i mean it, it really just shows one thing what right the how low wage workers are actually working for right the the minimum wage even in places that are 15 dollars an hour you're, you're still working half your day just to pay for the gas to get to and from work and so the other part if you're in states that have much lower minimum wages you're you're almost like you know breaking even by the time you get to lunch you know when you're working that right, day right and so i think this speaks to like a much broader like gas is one of those things that always speaks so when we talk about energy always speaks to like a more macro issue with the rest of the economy it shows the inequalities that we have top to bottom the wealthy don't aren't gonna they're not even gonna flinch they're not even gonna know what the gas not prices at all are. No, no, I What are you talking no. about? Gas prices? What are you, I never even. They don't even pump their own gas, especially if they live in New Jersey. But I mean, they're not even going to know if that's happening. So I think that's. I'd rather the conversation not be as much about gasoline prices or inflation or any of that kind of stuff. But what is the inequality that we're experiencing right now, and how do we kind of strive to live in a country or make rules or laws that kind of close that gap? Right. There's there are states where the where the minimum wage is is fifteen dollars. And then there are states where the minimum yeah. wage is much closer to the federal rate of like seven twenty five. Yeah. So so uh, this makes a huge difference uh, depending on where you where you live. Alza, what do you think? I think I think that's that should be the conversation is minimum wage. I mean, because if, you know, we're going to continue to be held captive by gas prices until we figure out this whole energy situation. And so like paying people what, what they need to live in order to adjust for these, you know, this roller coaster ride of, of oil, I think that's the conversation that needs to be had. And then if you're spending half of your work hour on a gallon of gas to get to work, like when you get home, you got to stay home. Because if you want to go out at night, then you're spilling, you're spending the other half of, of what you worked for to go party and relieve mm. the stress from you having to spend the money on the gas <laughs> in the first place. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you're going to have to just drink alone because of gas prices <laughs> yeah, right now. Exactly. I mean, and it's, you know, and I've said it before, is is like you you start to see a lot of these uh, COVID restrictions that are being lifted, you know, no vaccine mandates, no mask, all of this. And so it's like COVID says, hey, I'm letting you out the cage. And then gas prices are like, <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> stay your ass home. That's what you're going to do. Well, the other, 
I think the other thing too that's that's interesting we could be talking about as well is like what is the government doing to help subsidize the innovation to get to more electric cars out there right. to get battery technology to where it's at battery technology works differently than microchip technology it doesn't move as quickly batteries are really tough to kind of innovate on because it's just some weird juice with two probes in it and it's like not on the same kind of technological path as other things in technology are so if we could figure out a way to pump these industries full of subsidies like every other country does that yep. are beating us in this in this space then we could actually probably make some moves and then we wouldn't get so screwed over when gas prices spike because yeah, we're never then, yeah you yeah, no, go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say because we're never we can't depend on opec to just be chill there's always no. going to be shit popping off in the <laughs> Middle East and Russia. It's like never going to be a chill week over there. But like, and I, I completely, right? yeah. ag- I completely agree. I think you know, but you got the oil and gas lobby that st- that's like subsidies for electric cars. No, nah. as long as I'm here, that ain't happening. Right, and and then again, and and this is something when when this issue first reared its head a few weeks ago, we we mentioned it very briefly on the show, and and I talked about again like like taking the subway. You're talking about like laughing at gas price signs and dodging a bullet. Like and the, the, again, for me, the macro issue is. How is it that we have not popularized mass transit? There should b- buses, bikes, like these other forms of of transportation, ma- mass transit, and um, solo transit that's that has no effect on the environment. These things should be popular, and they're not. You know, there's no. It's like if Copenhagen can do it, like we can do it. It's not that deep, you know. And so, um, so that's the other macro issue that comes up for me. I mean, I have a. I don't have an electric car out here in in LA, and I'm I'm thinking about what can I do to my vehicle? Like, can I can I <laughs> run my car on vegetable oil? Like, I'm pulling up to the KFC and the, and the Trying Burger King. Trying to get a King. box of D batteries and <laughs> you start throwing them in your car. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on real quick to the final topic in this roundup, is which is that the DNC. Um, leaked or the a draft resolution or maybe they just released a draft resolution that would set new criteria for early voting states that favor primaries over caucuses and diversity over tradition which might mean that the Iowa caucuses would no longer be first in the nation Alzo tell me tell me how you feel about that man this is a long time coming Iowa caucus that shit should have been done with a long time ago. I remember when I actually found out what the Iowa caucus was. Like these people are in restaurants and like pubs and like living rooms and or like a conference center. And they these people, they literally vote with their feet. Like they line up in groups according to the candidate that they support. And and if their candidate doesn't get enough support, then that candidate is taken off the table. And then the people whose candidate was supported and accepted, they lobby for those rejected votes of the other candidates. Shit is crazy. And if you're a candidate who didn't eat the giant turkey leg that was right. handed to you, <laughs> then no one's going to rally. Poor Cory Booker. Not like I was a big proponent yeah. of Cory Booker, but the guy's a vegan. The man ate nothing. It totally ruined his presidential. <laughs> completely. He was screwed by the time he got in there. The Iowa caucus is the most ridiculous thing. There's four people that can decide the entire course of a billions of dollars. of The yeah. media is what really is what's crazy. When you win the caucus, there's billions of dollars of media that then get made through earned media that the, that the uh, yep. news companies talk about and all 
all of a sudden you're swaying the momentum of a race all because you didn't eat that turkey leg. So dumb. And also, we just shouldn't have the same schedule. I, I mean, I can, I can, I'm, I'm on that, like, oh, we could just have everyone vote on the same day and let's stop dragging this out for several months. It's ridiculous and a waste of money. Uh, or we can have just a, a completely different schedule every year so that there's no, there's no state supremacy in, like, in Iowa and New Hampshire always get the first say. Like, there should be no two states that always get the first say. That, to me, seems yeah. just utterly ridiculous. <clears throat> and it creates these terrible policies. Everyone goes to Iowa caucus and they're like, you know what I love to eat every day? Corn. Right. I have corn right. for breakfast. So corn. Yeah. I put car, a corn in my car. I put <laughs> my wife and I love corn. It's like, give me a fucking break. Stop it. Get the fuck. Corn syrup is the thing that's poisoning America. It's giving us all diabetes. It's all of, all your fault, Iowa. <laughs> Look at me. I'm so folksy. I'm so folksy. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's like, I'm a, I'm a multimillionaire, but I'm so folksy sitting here in this, in this living room. I know. Let these guys put their windbreakers to the side. You know, let's stop pretending like they like wearing a casual windbreaker and walking around a state fair. They, you know, who cares? I mean, let them that now pretend that they love going to Broadway shows or whatever else they have to pretend if, if New York was happened to be the first primary or if, I don't know, Oklahoma happened to be the first primary. I mean, not to mention that Iowa is really white. Yeah. yeah, well, that's but that's you why know. the diversity thing is part of the yeah. the new the the new draft. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like memo. how their di- their diversity panel is like you must have at least five black people in your state if we're going to have a primary there. Like, sorry, Iowa, you're you're totally screwed. <laughs> well, and then and then the thing is too is that what, because those states have like Iowa in particular is a caucus system, they spend a lot of effort trying to get people to come out and vote, and then those people become energetically involved in the general election but like that effect could happen in other states like why don't we let that effect of being first or second or whatever happen in other states that might need to improve their general election ground game or whatever anyways folks let me know are you excited about this prospect i think it's i've i've long complained about it i'm desperate for to you know for for us to get rid of it uh let me know what you think and what do you think should be the new way that we do it all right we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna learn about our sponsors and when we come back we will move on with other topics as we do this headgum podcast is brought to you by aura frames that is right uh from grandmothers to new mothers aunts even the friends of your life every mom loves an aura frame holy shit even aunts yes especially aunts oh well because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little 
uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we are back. And before we get into it, I just want to remind people that we have great bonus episodes of the show coming up on Patreon uh, with people like Matt Bellasai, Liz Mealy, Corey Ryan Forster, just some of the, the Fake the Nation faves. And they get ex- especially... I'll just say zany on these bonuses. So go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. And for as little as $1, you can support the show. And for as little as $4, you get bonus episodes. And then there's other tiers of support. It is a great deal. All right. And now let's move on to topic number two. So I was floored by a piece in Slate by Dan Coyce called Killer Truck Dude. And in it, he makes the claim that when you buy a pickup truck, you're not making a statement about masculinity or your wealth level. Instead, you're, quote, announcing that very clearly that you don't care if you accidentally kill a stranger. You're saying, I'm totally cool with someone else dying because of a decision I made. Um, Like I said, I was really floored by this piece because I had no idea that modern pickup trucks are so dangerous to pedestrians. We can talk about why that is, but I guess my first question is, like, had you noticed the change in pickups over the years uh, before? And, and, and I think maybe you guys are both in more of a car-forward city, so you notice things like that. I, I truly cannot tell you if I've seen a pickup truck in Manhattan in the last week. You know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, Sina, Alzo, where, where, have you noticed this phenomenon with pickup trucks? Uh, not to be, like a weird gun argument here, but don't people kill people, not the trucks kill the people. (laughs) More good guys with pickup trucks at the end of the day. I read this and I was like, I think we just need to get like the entire LGBTQIA population to all buy pickup trucks. And then all of a sudden we would not have this issue anymore. I think with the people that are behind the wheels are the problem. And we just don't like them. Okay, but yeah. that's where you're wrong, Uh-oh. according to this piece. No, uh-uh. Yes, Elzo, here, here it is. No, no, nah. this is, you have to read this piece. I think it's so no, important. No, I read, I read the piece. 
I read okay, the no, piece. no, not to not to suggest that you didn't read, but let me just give the listeners a little taste of some of the data in this piece. The heavier the car, the more likely it is to kill a pedestrian, and new pickups weigh twenty four percent more than they did into the year two thousand. And if you look at the cars, like the photos, the grills of these pickups are like taller than me, right? So they they create a blind spot that makes it so much easier for them to just run over a person. So, I don't know, Alzo, were you not moved by this? Nope. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, nope. <laughs> you, you know how I, well, big, like... Sorry, go ahead. I'm from the South. Okay. You just drive pickup trucks. And you... First of all, I felt like... I don't know I don't know the author of the article personally, but it felt a bit, a bit you know, self-righteous. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you want to, if you want to drive. Oh, I'm sure he's gotten death threats for this piece. I well, mean, I'm just saying, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to ride your bicycle and carry, you know, your furniture on your back and strap it to the, to, to the little wagon behind your bicycle, so be it. And you don't like trucks, so be it. But no, no, no. But this isn't about not like and not thinking but, that pickup trucks should exist. No, but what I'm no, I understand that. But it's like if. If I'm driving a truck like that, uh-huh. then I just need to be more aware that I'm driving a truck like that. I just need to be much more aware of my surroundings. We're not we're not saying that mm-hmm. uh, 18-wheelers should be off the streets and we shouldn't be shipping containers across the country because Lord knows you can't see shit when you're sitting up that high, you know, mm-hmm, in, the, mm-hmm. in, in a semi-truck. So what's the difference? Well, I, I mean, I think is do do those drivers have a particular type of license that lets them operate those big trucks? Yeah, and so do people who have but pickups. Trucks, they have driver's license. <laughs> no, I know, but 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 a regular driver's license doesn't cover the blind spot that is your extremely tall thing. I mean, here the argument isn't that you people shouldn't have pickup trucks. In fact, pickup trucks used to just be a regular height and a regular weight. Like I am all for people strapping a bunch of shit in a pickup truck, but the funny, but that's not what's happening. What's happening is they're making them really tall and really heavy. And they're doing that as like, I don't know, masculinity. I don't know why they're doing that. Well, they have, they have more power, they have more power to pull things when they, when they, when they're robust like that. Right. Okay. So then let's talk about how people use pickup trucks. Only a quarter of truck owners use their truck's towing capacity more than once a year. Only 30% of truck owners go off-road more than once a year. And 35% of truck owners never even put anything in their truck beds. So why do they need something to be that heavy and that tall? Well, this is what I'm saying. I think it's the cultural part of this thing is mm-hmm. why I think we should just get more sweet liberals, you know, much like yourself with colored <laughs> uh-huh. glasses to buy the pickup truck. The target demo is one that wants to flex a big old truck with a lift and stuff right. like that. Not for nothing, though. Could we look at an H3? That's like the small Hummer. Can we look at the Toyota Highland <laughs> or not the Highlander? It's like the Sequoia. They have a Toyota has a car named Sequoia. I mean, it's the biggest tree. It might as well call it the General Sherman. Some of these SUVs that we have, I mean, the, the Suburban, the Yukon, these we live in a, the 
pickup and the people that drive the pickup is not the issue. The American culture that loves to flex a big car and do that is inherently the issue. And that Target demo, that they're just selling it to the audience that wants to buy those things. We can't do anything unless we change the audience, I think. Or change the regulations by which these things are made. I'm just going to, again, make one more case, which is that this is all in the article. So victims of front-over deaths, when you're rolling over a person from the front, it... um, so that's when the pedestrian is in the blind spot, right, of the of the really big, tall truck, um, and they get stricken, are between the ages of, this is uh, most of the victims, are between the ages of 12 and 23 months, okay? Yeah. So these are babies. 80% of those deaths since 1990 involved a truck, van, or SUV. So 80% of front-over deaths are from these, bi- are from these big trucks. of those fatal front overs, in 70% of those cases, it's a parent or close relative behind the wheel. So they're killing someone accidentally, obviously, they know. Because here's the other thing about the car is that they perform way worse on emergency metrics than a regular car does. Because they're so much bigger and so much heavier, they're not as reactive. So does that give you pause? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course. If of course it gives it gives pause. I think you know, like what with what Cena is saying, it's it's cultural. People like big trucks, and that's why they sell big trucks, right? It with indifference to the risk of people dying. In the same way that you know, this is not a direct parallel, but just like in the same way that people like alcohol. And we know mm-hmm. what alcohol does. Sure. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so there's, there's there's no one writing articles that say we should go back to prohibition. Why? Because people really enjoy drinking yeah. and the way that it makes them feel. So for, you know, right or wrong, for better or for worse, which is probably just worse. But if it if buying a big truck makes a dude feel more like a man, then who's going to tell him? Other, <laughs> like the, 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 the risk you know, of death is not going to. Right. Prevent him from buying it. Blind spot detectors, more cameras on those cars. I think if you try to make a regulation, there should be regulations. So we should have regulations. Blind spot detectors. For sure. I'm down with that 100%. But if we start flexing regulations that are like, you cannot make, like, lift your pickup truck this high, you think January 6th was bad. You have have a revolt on your hands that you have never. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is like the South, you know, to a certain degree, and a lot of places. Uh, But the Pittsburgh I saw, I grew up with a lot of pickup trucks. Some of the greatest joys of my childhood were Mm -hmm. riding in the back of a pickup truck with the wind blowing through my young, curly Persian hair. On the highway. On the highway. On the highway, highway, as like a who I would find out to be uh, a racist friend later was blasting Leonard Skinner. You know, those are the memories that I think we can't just take away from people. (laughs) (laughs) No, but the other hilarious thing is, so having grown up in Palm Springs, California, um, there was always kind of these everyday trucks of a lot of like landscaping. There's just like a ton and ton, a ton of landscaping happening in Palm Springs, California. So I would see pickup trucks all the time. And I still do when I go there, but I do not see these big ones. I see small ones that are carrying a ton of things, but they're like regular sized, you know, 
what I mean? Because the people that actually need them for work tend not to buy those big, huge ones. I mean, or from just, again, this is what I've just seen in my limited life that I live. Uh, but it seems like, can we develop a culture in which your sense of manhood is not tied to driving around something that is far more dangerous to pedestrians. You, like, is there a world that that can happen? You can't change the men, but what you can do is Slate can subsidize the purchase of pickup trucks for their oh. entire staff, and then all of a sudden <laughs> no, the I data starts anybody. to change. Or the people in the pickup truck lobby will be like, man, all these all these crunchy liberals in the city are buying pickup trucks. Maybe we should just put an NPR like initially to them or lower them to the <laughs> wheels, make them more like, you know, iPhone colors and shit. That's <laughs> Too. Yeah. Alza, you have an idea for how we change America? You're not you're not getting rid of the trucks. I'm just saying you're not getting like you're so anti-truck. Oh you're not God. getting rid of the trucks. And the I more you and the, and the more you talk about getting rid of the trucks, the bigger they're gonna make them. Yeah. No, and I'm not I don't wanna get rid of the trucks. I don't Sounds wanna get like rid it. of the truck. I think it's it's great. You have a bunch of things, you have a couch, you had gotta strap it into the truck. That's awesome. It doesn't need to be so tall no. and deathly. Man. But like it been, doesn't have to be so full of murder. But um, what I'm saying is, the <laughs> more just, you, ra- but the more you rail against it, the bigger the trucks are gonna be. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, They're, you're gonna have tractors. They're not believe, even gonna bother calling them trucks. So Everyone's just gonna have a tractor now. There's just I gonna really, be tractors. I, like Nagin, Nagin. Tractors might be safer. I haven't looked at the data. Like maybe I, maybe I'm pro tractor on the streets. Have you ever been to a monster truck show? Yeah. I have uh, watched one on television. See, see, see. This is what you need to do. You need, yeah. you need to cross the aisle again. You need yeah, to see how your prejudice. You need to see how the other side lives. I, I don't, I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't sense, I, I don't sense any level of empathy in your voice. <laughs> I don't have enough empathy for people's deep, I guess, deep-hearted need for driving an overly tall pickup truck. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Man. You're going to see Folk, Donald Trump I rolling just, with ha- a pickup truck now. Here we Look, go. Look, I may be, and it's it's Women's Month, all right? Let's all right, just, all right. We'll just stop, for man. a second here. <laughs> and, uh, and I read the statistics about toddlers. They spent paragraphs, Dan Coyce on this article, spent paragraphs talking about how the kids are the ones that get killed, right? Like it's kids. And so to me, as a mom, but also just a human being, you don't need to be a mom or a woman. I was just like, kids? All right, I don't like it. Then I don't like it. I went from never thinking about pickup trucks to being like, why are they so big? I'm so scared for everybody. So I don't know. Listeners, (laughs) do you want to put me in my place? Or do you have an actual plan? Because the point is not even... Whoa, was that that an insinuation that... (laughs) That you guys don't have a plan. No, no, wait a minute. No, I feel like you just insinuated that we put you in your place and then you... And then you started to talk about Women's Month. I don't like the way this is. This is I agree, Elzo. Right How did we get painted into this corner? All Listen, of a sudden? the two of you clearly hate women and children, and that's just clear from everything that you said. No, I, uh, Ooh, I even I the appreciate- people. Hold on, wait a minute. The people that even drive the big trucks, the yeah. movies that they watch, they tell you save the women and the children first. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my 
my God. Okay, folks, let me know what you think. Let's think about solutions. Again, not solutions that get rid of pickup trucks, as I have been accused of. Solutions that involve changing the culture in which we uh, appreciate large, large vehicles that we don't use the capacities of. All right, let us move on to the next topic. But before we get into that, I have a quick races to watch. Races to watch. Um, Dan from Texas. Can I, can yes. I say something here, Nagin? Please. I've listened to your podcast. Oh. Yes. I'm, a I'm few flattered. times, right? Yes. Thank you. And the first time you said races to watch, I was like, Racist? Yeah, she's just going to start listing members of Congress. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is a very poorly titled title, and um, and I've just stuck with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I've stuck with it the way you're sticking with the huge pickup trucks. <laughs> I no, I didn't, I didn't stick with huge pickup <laughs> trucks. I think we need some regulation. <laughs> Also is on the record. He wants regulation of pickup trucks. (laughs) All right. So Dan from Texas wants us to look at Jessica Cisneros. She's headed for a runoff on May 24th, um, which happens to be her birthday. Cute detail. Against the nine-term incumbent Henry Culler, who's currently under investigation by the FBI. She ran for the Texas, uh, for Texas 28 House seat two years ago and only lost by 3%. So this is a real possibility here. She's poised to become the AOC of the Rio Grande Valley if she makes it to Congress. Congress. Um, so again, this isn't an endorsement, but check out Jessica Cisneros if you're interested. The lieutenant governor runoff uh, between Mike Collier and uh, Michelle Beckley uh, is happening. Either one of those would be a great uh, replacement, according to Dan from Texas. Um, fun fact about the Texas state government, the lieutenant governor has slightly more sway than the governor as they dictate the legislative agenda. Um, and the key date to remember for Texas is May 24th. That's... Um, uh, when they do, do all of this vo- runoff voting. Uh, ne- okay, and also from Gatling Combo in North Carolina, Nita Alam is a progressive running for Congress in North Carolina's 4th District. The primary voting starts on April 28th, and her campaign focuses on the Green New Deal and on actual minimum wage of $23 an hour. Wow, wow. All right, that'll put a dent in your gas bill. All right, uh, let us move on to topic number three. (laughs) Okay. We all know that what a doppelganger is, right? It's someone that looks like you. But have you heard of the term doppelbanging? If you haven't, that's why you listen to this show, because we're here covering the hard-hitting and incredibly important phenomenon in American life. Doppelbanging is when you're banging or dating someone who kind of looks like you. Uh, so, guys, have you noticed this phenomenon, and what it, what have you, what do you make of it? Well, I mean, I've definitely noticed this phenomenon. I remember there was I work I used to work at TechServe, of old school New York City mm, people. Mm-hmm. If you remember TechServe on Twenty Third Street. And there they was a couple Max. Of, yeah, we fixed Apple computers and like I was working there and there was just a couple couples, two different couples that looked exactly the same, dressed the same, had the same haircut and everything. It was so creepy. Let me just say this. I can even speak for Nagin. I'm going to be so bold as to Please. speak for Nagin here. Yeah. 
Date outside your race, people. It is okay. <laughs> you can have sex with someone outside of your race. It's better. In fact, Darwin encouraged it. It was. It's helpful for human society to have diversity in the uh, you know the mixing pot. If yeah, you will. yeah. So Cena and I have both uh, have have practiced this in Darwin's uh, Darwin's own proclamations. Uh, well, I'll just give you a few examples of people that look. They've no, they've spotted this among celebrity couples, people like Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel, right? A couple that kind of like, if you look at photos, this is the moment in the show where you do some light Googling. But if you look at Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake, they do kind of look alike. Benedict Cumberbatch and Sophie Hunter. Uh, here's another one. Tom Brady and Giselle, right? They just kind of look alike. Uh, there is actually, a, it is actually a scientifically observed trend to be attracted to one's own traits found in another person. Um, Alzo, have you doppelbanged? Uh, according to white people, I have, because all black people look alike. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> hey, okay. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think I've doppelbanged. I don't when I when I read I read the article and I I, I saw the images that they present it or they put forth as doppel-banging examples. Yeah, yeah. They don't look alike to me. Really? No. Interesting. You know, they they bring up the 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 whole, you know, you may be attracted to a woman that looks like your mother. And I guess yeah. if, if that's the case, then you come from your mother. So you may share physical traits that are that you're attracted to because of that reason. But outside of that, you know, that ethical edible complex nonsense i don't think this is a real thing i just want to take <laughs> well, a moment here yeah, and just please. say that alzo women out there alzo he is a man that looks into your soul he does not think <laughs> he does not paint with a broad brush he looks inside he looks well right that well i mean if if i if i if i were to meet a woman that is uh Six two with a full beard <laughs> and a and a and a unibrow. <laughs> I don't. I mean, the six two is not a problem, but the full beard, you know, that may be an issue for me. Well, apparently, like Norwegian scientists found that they they did this weird, you know, test where they had you look at the face of of your partner and then they morphed the face into either more you or less you. And they found that participants showed a distinct preference for people for the face that had a self-based morph, Ooh. right? Ooh. Which is weird. And again, it, it does sound weird, but this is science, guys. It's not my fault. Well, let me uh, ask you guys. Yeah, please. Nagin, do you look like your boo? No, he. My husband's black, and I. We don't. No, we don't look at each other at wait, all. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I am what Cena described: dating outside my race. But yeah. but just because husbanding outside my race. But just because you date someone that is not your same race doesn't mean you can't look alike. No, that's true. But we also don't look alike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's definitely it. true, but also we don't look alike. Yeah, my wife's Japanese. Uh, we, de I mean, like I'm covered in hair. There is like two <laughs> hairs on her body. There's like, there's not even. I mean, I guess the only thing uh, we both smile a lot. I think is the only oh, thing that nice. that's, that's nice. about it. Okay. Uh, other than that, I don't think so. 
I mean, Zena, did you ever date someone? Well, did you ever date a Persian that kind of looks like they could be your sister? No, actually, it's funny enough, my mother was actually very against it. So she <laughs> never wanted me to date a Persian. She's like, Wait. please do not. No, please. Oh, I thought, I, I wasn't sure if you were saying your your mother was against you dating a Persian or somebody yeah. that looks like you. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be bad. Your mom would be like, "Don't be bring, don't be bringing them ugly women." In. <laughs> <laughs> she would say that if I did, but uh, no, she was. Uh, yeah, I never had that. I also grew up in Pittsburgh. There was no. I was the Persian guy. My nickname was Persia, so it wasn't like I had I had choices there. I think I've right. always just been attracted to people that look dramatically different than me for all the right reasons. I honestly, I mean. I'm, I dated one Iranian guy, mm. and he was also Jewish, which uh, there's a, a small percentage of, of uh, you know, they make him in Jewish form as well. Yes. And um, ugh, did we look alike? I mean, honestly, it was like such a short-lived relationship. It's like hard to even count it as a, as a formative experience. But uh, it, it happened. It just didn't. I, I think ultimately like that what – I think the other weird thing is – you. I don't think you could categorize the guys that I dated as like, oh, that's Nagin's type or whatever. I dated so many different types that I, none of this research speaks to me. For example, a 2008 study in Hungary found that uh, many seek a partner who resemble a family member. That is not at all, has not been my, my situation at all whatsoever. Yeah, I think the other thing there, too, is it's not just when you meet someone, do they look like you? I think over time, some of these couples, you know, they live together. You start to, like, maybe share clothing or you kind of – you're eating the same diet. Sure, and yeah, you're there's some to, stylistic crossovers that you know, happen. nurture's happening, <laughs> so, so you're, you're going to start to merge and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying you – we start to dress alike. We eat the same thing, so we're getting fat at the same yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> our bellies are growing. Our <laughs> see people. But I'll tell you, look, take a picture of my wife and I from our wedding day and look at us today. We are different people, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, in that I feel like I see a lot where, where, where they sort of both look – you know, like they've gained some weight or they both lost some weight because they did a thing together or they yeah, both, yeah, you know, they both yeah, look, ri- yeah. the, my, I, I, I saw a friend of mine this weekend who has three kids and we were reminiscing about when her three kids were toddlers like mine is. And, and I remember just be like, yeah, like you guys both looked tired. <laughs> <laughs> Love you both, but fuck, you guys look so tired. And that, now I know exactly why, uh, because I have a three-year-old and it is a crazy making situation. I, um, I, I, but I yeah, they, the, you know, couples do sort of begin to look alike. And in fact, a University of Michigan article, oh, but no, sorry. This University of Michigan study in 1987 suggested that couples look alike, but then that was debunked by a Stanford University uh, study in 2020 that found that uh, married couples do not begin to look alike. I mean, I think, again, stylist, we're, we're talking about different things stylistically and I guess physically. But, but you know, I feel like psychologically when you see style and starts to merge and you just... Yeah, you start to look alike. I don't know about this Stanford 2020 study. I don't know about I don't know I don't know about I don't know about this article, Nagin. I feel like Doppel, I feel like I feel like doppelganger is just a, a cool word they did with 
doppelganger, and they Double made up a whole B- <laughs> they made up a whole study just to put this word out into the public. <laughs> and here I am taking the bait. <laughs> We're all suckers. <laughs> Should we be amplifying this? Can we take a moment right. to reflect? <laughs> right. Well, this is the part of the show where I like people to be able to turn their brains off and not really have to, you know, just learn something silly that can be fun at a cocktail party. This is the cocktail party this part of the oh, podcast. Yes. yes, go to a cocktail party and then go up to your friends and be like, you know, what you, are they? Guys, you guys look like cousins. Has anyone ever told you that? <laughs> or you guys, you guys know about doppelbanging, right? Like you just walk around like right, being the right. person that utters the, 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 the term. Um, all right, folks, have you dated someone uh, that looks like you? I find it creepy. I do. I find it. When I, when I see, look, here's the, the image that you Google. This one I don't even think, also you can deny. Courtney Cox and her husband. Yeah, they Courtney look, Cox and her husband. They got the same eyes. They have, the eyes. I mean, they look so similar. It's they just look, but, very weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, think, look I at think, that. I think you're going to have your listeners, Nagin, Going, looking at photos of their boo, and some breakups are going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, the great fake the nation inspired breakup of 2022. And you know what? I hope people go and date outside of their race so that we can have a stronger future generation. <laughs> the great interracial baby boom inspired yeah. by Fake the Nation of tw- of late 2022. <laughs> your, listeners, your listeners are going to be like, babe, you know what? Nagin, she was a black man. I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to give me one. <laughs> It makes sense, honey. I'm so sorry. I love you deeply, but we have to end it. (laughs) All right, that is the end of the show. And my God, I knew it was going to be fun, but I didn't know how good I would feel by the end. Thank you so much for joining me. You guys are both such wonderful people to talk to. And I would love for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the stuff that you do. Sina, where do they where do they find you? Uh, I'm at Cena now, S-E-E-N-A-N-O-W on all social media. You can check out Frosters at Frosters LPN on social media, Frosters.fm. And we're on all platforms, so check us out. Uh, and um, it also. It sounds like you guys are speaking in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> also, where do they find you? Um, I'm at Alzo Slade on social media, A-L-Z-O-S-L-A-D-E. Uh, I am on Vice on Showtime and Vice News Tonight, which is on Vice's network, Vice TV. And I am on all of your podcast streaming platforms. Yeah. You know, cheeks. Subscribe, follow, do all of that stuff. All of that stuff. Yeah. And also, Edishama Mubarak. True. True. <laughs> what does that What does that mean, though? Oh, it just means that. Happy New Year. Yeah. And can Can you say it slow for me? Yeah, aid. And it's it's like kind of like Happy New Year to you. I think okay. is what it what it. But uh, it's Ada Shoma Mubarak. Shoma. Ada Shoma Mubarak. Mubarak. Yeah. Ada Shoma Mubarak. There, there it go. is. You're you speak Farsi. You're an Iranian guy. <laughs> uh, folks, and you know where to find me and all the things that I do. Um, I just want to point out, I got two messages from people about our Bigorexia uh, segment last week, um, feeling that maybe we were uh, not 
um, terribly compassionate about bigorexia as an issue. I'm really sorry that it came off that way. And looking back on it, I do feel that we got a little wrapped up in the patriarchy jokes and maybe a little underwrapped in to the compassion of it being an actual issue. So apologies for that. And it, this, I am just merely a work in progress. So thank you for sticking with me and for reaching out. Uh, I also want to remind you that I'll be in Chicago. I'll be in New York at Joe's Pub. I'll be in Irvine. I'll be at Worcester. So please, you could look at NagimFarsad.com to find out about all of my dates. And I really hope you... I see you there. It'd be so fun to see Fake the Nation listeners out in the wild. And what I would really like to do is thank everyone who makes this show a possibility. That is our wonderful producer, Danielle Jones-Wesley, our fantastic sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Our theme music was written by the amazing Gabby Alter. And as always, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show. You can email us at fakethenation at headgum.com. Anything, about anything, panelist ideas, segment ideas. You can join the Patreon for bonus content and so much more. That's at patreon.com slash Nagin far side and we'll be back in your earballs next week that was a headgum podcast <laughs>